0: Angelus domini nuncia vit Maria,
1: eit concepe Espiritu Santo.
0: Ave Maria grazia Plena Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in
2: Hello and welcome to The Liturgical Looking Glass, a program that looks at the Church's liturgy for the week ahead. I'm Tim Hutchinson.
3: And I'm Nick Swalbrick. And today on The Liturgical Looking Glass, we have another look at the music and liturgy that form part
2: of the 50 Days of Easter Tim, start us
3: off with a prayer, please, and explain why you chose this particular collect.
2: So this particular collect is from the fifth Sunday of Easter, which we will be looking at um, in a moment. And I will bring out a few things that I really love about it in a minute. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almighty, ever-living God, constantly accomplish the Paschal mystery within us, that those you are pleased to make new in holy baptism may under your protective care bear much fruit and come to the joys of life eternal. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I really love how this talks about God accomplishing the paschal mystery within us. And um, whatever you can say about uh, sort of the um, emphasis on on works within um traditional catholic theology there's such a also a rich tradition of seeing the holy spirit working within us and um of course we're going to look ahead a little bit to that as well to the the work of the holy spirit in uh, today's program
3: because it is the holy spirit that does that accomplishing i think that that that's the important thing yeah right
2: so, a little bit of an Easter wake-up for today for our um, very first uh, piece of music that we want to play. Um, but I'm going to introduce it with something that came uh, earlier. I think it was two weeks ago, if I remember yeah. correctly. And um, a very interesting piece of music that plays around with Alleluia. Um, and uh, we're going to look at a more conventional way of doing it with uh with the hebrew but before we do that we're going to look at perhaps a more childlike more um uh how would you put it nick there
3: well you, you you hit the nail on the head last time it sounded like a jam session it sounded like an Alleluia jam right. session and yeah. i think that's what we've got we've got call and response going on here and we've got the, this base which i think is is based on one of the, the east easter Alleluias, but it has a lot of power to it but it also is also quite fun um, you could almost imagine it being played without the without the words, just as a dance tune.
2: So here it is, just a little piece of it. And uh, what makes that so interesting is how they've sort of broken up the alle. Luya and placed the Psalete, psalete cum luya in the middle of it. Um and you see actually people doing this in English as well in contemporary worship music, which I think is is quite um interesting and and, and not a little bit funny as well. Um but we're going to go on to see how this is done similarly but with a more grammatical um accuracy in uh, the the Hebrew tradition. And uh, it's go- we, we're using a piece from a, a group called Mikadim, which we played, a group that we played some music from uh, last week. And um, I'm going to say a few things about it once, once, we come, once we've heard it. It's from Psalm 150.
3: So the last psalm, that great psalm, all about all the musical instruments and everything that lives and that breathes giving praise to the Lord.
2: Super fun! Um, I love
3: that.
2: Uh, really good. <laughs> Before we move on, um, I tell a little story. I was uh, when when you sent me the link to the um, the first song that I had ever heard by Makedim, which, which was um, "The Lord Is My Shepherd." The Lord is My Shepherd. Yeah. Um, I sent it to a friend of mine in South Africa, knowing that he really loves this kind of of music, and um, said, "Oh, you have to listen to this if you haven't listened to it already." And he wrote back to me saying, um, "I'm in the video."
3: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> um,
2: but uh, it turns out he he got he made a mistake, and it, this was the video that he was in—the one um, Psalm 150. So it was one of those lockdown uh, quarantine projects where they invited people from all over the world to um, to play. So shout out to to Brandon and Mandy in South Africa who playing the I think they're playing the guitar and the Um, bazooki at the end there
3: Uh excellent excellent i'd like to know actually how they how they manage it because they're quite clearly within a folk tradition how you coordinate people all around the world to do that you can't do it by jamming you can't do it by just making it up there must have been a lot of rehearsal, and also I suspect a lot of written music as well to get, for example, those modal bits where the Alleluia goes down into sort of what we think I as mode two. I, I think that that must take a lot of practice. Mm. So kudos to them. I think that's great. Mm.
2: And I recommend anyone uh, to to look it up. Uh, Mikadem is spelled M I Q E D E M, and um, we also have this on our on our webpage. Um, all the links to to these uh, sites and things. Um, because w- watching it with the um, people dancing and singing and playing all kinds of strange instruments, and then you get to also see the translation of the, of the words underneath. And it's very powerful. Very well,
3: good. it reminded me, listening to how joyful and also how energetic it was, reminded me of the story of David dancing in front of the Ark of the Covenant and his wife saying, oh, you look such a twit doing that. He goes, <laughs> I don't care. And actually what he says is, I don't care. The ladies love me. It's, it's it's quite a it's <laughs> almost a comic story about David, but it shows something about how he's actually far more um, able to give himself to the dance than perhaps I I am I'm I've got some embarrassing dad dancing coming up, and I think I'd like uh, I'd like the King David to be by my side while I have to have to do that.
2: Is that a, a wedding that you you've got about. my daughter's oh, wedding right,
3: coming okay. <laughs> So let's move away from embarrassing dad dancing and thinking about some singing, if that's okay. Um, Sunday 5 is the one that we've got coming up, Sunday 5 in Easter time. And it's like whoever chose these antiphons, whoever wrote them, couldn't get away from the idea of singing in joy to the Lord. So we've got another text here, Cantate Dominum, Canticum Novum. Sing to the Lord a new song, Alleluia, for he has worked wonders, Alleluia. He has shown his justice in the sight of the nations. Alleluia, alleluia. Deep breath, and let's hear the Vienna Hofburg Cappella singing the Cantate Dominum Canticum Novum. Uh-huh. something amazing, I think, in, in the way that that, that last two Alleluia's really do calm the whole thing down and yet keep a sense of joy. The drop of those intervals in the first of the Alleluia's, Alleluia, is, is quite an amazing thing. But the second one really does force you to listen to the end of the phrase. It's Alleluia, Alleluia. It's not two separate Alleluia's. It's Alleluia, Alleluia. There's a real sense of ending there and a real sense of grounding. I think it's a brilliant piece of music
2: and it's very nice to hear it right after hearing the the Hebrew version of it because you you're hearing two completely instantiations of this ancient co- uh, cry of praise absolutely um, but they both have an authenticity to them that i think is is really beautiful to see
3: uh, yes it's interesting how often that phrase Sing to the Lord a new song comes up in the Psalms, mm. a new song, a new song, a new song, which perhaps at the time for the original audiences was a way of saying, here is a new piece of music. Mm. But actually, as time has gone on, we've got to think about what do we mean by a new song? We're singing classical Hebrew and then we're singing some, some Latin. How are these new? They're new because the Holy Spirit makes them new in our hearts. And that's yes. you know the theology behind keeping singing these things.
1: Yeah.
3: So moving on from there, I think a third voice that we've got is um, the is from the album Ubi Caritas, a canon from Jacques Beltier in Tezé. It is again the Cantate Domino, sing to the Lord, sing joyfully to God, Alleluia. These are complex pieces of music. They require a bit of practice, but once you've got a congregation ready to do a little bit of singing in rounds, the rest of it can be added in really remarkably easily. Certainly we found that at the 9.30 at Blackfriars in Oxford. Doing these things does work, but they do require a little bit of forethought. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say that's as many trumpets as we're going to hear this weekend, but I suspect <laughs> we'll hear rather more than that. <laughs> Tim, has anyone come back to us on whether they use the simple propers,
2: the well,
3: English ones?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question. So we, we've been um, drawing quite a bit from the simple English propers, which you can find um, on the uh, CCT Watershed. Am I getting that right? Um, yeah,
3: that... and they're also on the American um, Church Music Society site. Mm. Uh, right. We can put the links on the blog.
2: Yes, yes, we have been. Yeah, and um, the we haven't got back. We haven't had anyone get back to us. So please do if you if you are using them. But interestingly, just under my nose, I know of someone who has used them, and that's the little parish choir that I've been singing in. Um, although it was uh, before lockdown and before I joined them. Um, ah,
3: but... you see, I was about to accuse that you of that being your influence, that they'd gone in for
2: those. Well, I have I have suggested it, and it looks like we may use them for Pentecost Sunday. So I <coughs> will get back to you on, and tell you how that went. Um, they said that one of the problems was that they it ended up taking a lot of time to learn, which I find quite uh, interesting because they're not, difficult. So I think it, it comes with probably just getting used to reading plain chant. Um, but let's not go into into that, shall we? <laughs> but given that they are
3: there um, in recorded versions, we're going to hear the, the one for the fifth Sunday of Easter in a minute, it would be possible to give everybody that to listen to. I'm your sure. I professional opera singer who said he learnt all his parts not by reading the scores, but by mm. listening to the set in the car. Mm. Um and I think that listening and listening and listening is probably a, a good way of learning chant anyway.
2: I like the story about the opera singer. That's <laughs> <laughs> encouraging. Well, here we go. We're going to listen to the, the fifth Sunday of Easter um, from the Simple English Prayers, and this is the introit.
4: Sing to the Lord a new song, Hallelujah. For the Lord has accomplished wondrous deeds Hallelujah He has revealed his justice in the sight of the Gentiles Hallelujah Hallelujah His right hand and his holy arm have brought salvation. He has remembered his merciful love and his truth for the house of Israel. Sing to the Lord a new song. Hallelujah. For the Lord has accomplished wondrous deeds, Alleluia. He has revealed his justice in the sight of the Gentiles, Hallelujah! Alleluia. alleluia.
2: What's lovely about that is the way that it has this sort of stepwise movement upwards, you know, but very gently. Yes. Yes. It's almost.
3: not close to the Gregorian original, um, but I still think it does work as a, as a piece of a piece of chant within the same idiom.
2: Yeah, and I almost have uh, have respect for that. You know, I think sometimes you can force the the English version to sound like the the Latin version um, just for the sake of it. But um, yeah. different languages need to be approached differently. I think.
3: Latin Latin emphasis on each word is going to be different than most most of the cases that you get that in English and you're going to end up end up if you're not careful with strong words like song in English um not having the same uh, emphasis as they they need to have because canticum is a longer word and is hidden behind the adjective it's always going to be more complicated mm. than it looks
2: yeah yeah true true so we're going to look now at um this Alleluia Christus resurgence sung by in Dulce Jubilo and um, we want to emphasize how these uh, long melismas, that means a, uh, a melody that takes just one syllable and sort of draws it out, um, plays in this case on the word morse or the syllable morse and on the tour of um, uh, Dominabitur and um do you have something uh, that you wanted you wanted to bring out how this this uh, relates to the Victime Pascalis, Nick?
3: Yes, it, one of the things that's often said about sequences is that they were there for for young young singers, young monks or uh, or novices to hear uh, how these long uh, jubilus, the, the long jubilus, the long trail, the long melisma works. So you've got ah, at the beginning of the Alleluia. And people said, well, they they put words to them so that people would try and remember them. This is one that actually does work like that. So you've got victime pascali laudes, It works as Mm -hmm. a way of doing it. It doesn't work with all sequences. I'm not always wholly sure of how these things work. And, of course, the victime pascali uh, comes quite a few weeks before this occurs in the... the, um, list of alleluias that we've got to sing over Easter time. But in any case, listen to it. You've got a surprising emphasis on the word death, on mors, but then of course it's followed by non dominabitur, does not have dominion. And I think that that's an interesting um, way of playing with word and text. You'll hear that what happens in the, uh, the mors is that the cantors really go to town on the uh, the uh, embellishment that they've got but the dominavi tour echoes the alleluia from the beginning and that's the pattern of an alleluia when you hear it That the second piece of embellished work actually e- um, echoes the alleluia that we, we begin with so here we go the Christus Resurgens Christ rising from the dead now will not die again um, uh, death has no more power over him
2: I was having you.
3: absolutely amazing and what what a hard job breathing is on that i don't know if you heard that yeah. the, the, the counter gave us a a sharp intake of breath towards the end of that she was really struggling but she did it she held her pitch and she 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 kept her nerve as well which is the other important thing with those long those long melismas
2: yeah so it, it, it's a, there's the danger of making it sound really labored but i didn't get that feeling at all no. at any point in that
3: no, her voice was singing up into the clear story of wherever they were singing. you got the echo back, you got the whole church, the whole building, the whole body of Christ uh, singing along with her, and mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing.
2: So as we've um, mentioned in the, the blog that we're keeping alongside this um, this program, we're going to now start looking towards the uh, leaving, and that's inadverted commas, of Jesus as the promise of the Holy Spirit comes. And... Um, here we have William Byrd's Non Vos Relinquam, sung by King's College um, Choir in Cambridge here under Stephen Clareby. And um, listen to these alleluias that are sort of come right in almost as if the composer had a very limited amount of space on his page and just wanted to fit in as many as they can, sort of clamoring for for a chance to be heard. Uh, quite a remarkable um, effect that they that they give. So here's William Byrd's Non Vos Relinquam. Clamoring for space with those hallelujahs, really. Yes, <laughs> it's great. And um, so, also in the sort of uh, spirit of of looking forward to Pentecost, um, we're going to give you a little taste of a sequence. Sequences is something that we spent a bit of time on. Um, it was two weeks ago, am I right?
3: Yeah, um, I think it was. And we we. I suppose we both felt a little bit bad about not doing this at Easter time, mm-hmm. so now let's have the Pentecost one in good time, and we'll listen to this this week and then over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at various aspects of this magnificent, magnificent piece of spirituality
5: Veni VENI pace a te o veni, da tuo amore vieni l'uomo in cordio consolatoro ottimendo dolce reve frige ve, veri. In labor, we in this to tempiries in fleet of O lux beva repleve cordis intima tovo romfide ve ve sinato no Ni nel skin homine, ni nel oxio. Lava cuoro des tuoordi riga cuoro des Sana cuo des sautirivio, lecte cuo des vor dir fidelibus
2: Do you want to tell us why you chose a Dominican one first, Nick?
3: Okay. Uh, yes, those of you that are aware of how that the tunes work there will have noticed that there's slight variations in the melody. I wanted to uh, play you the, the version sung in the Dominican tradition, partly because of the story of, of the Veni Sancte Spiritus. It's very possible, it's had a number of people... Um, Attributed as the author to it, but the most likely, according to modern scholarship, seems to be Stephen Langton, the Archbishop of Canterbury. And in 1221, the Dominicans, on first arriving in England, gave gave themselves straight over to Stephen Langton, who challenged the leader of the Dominicans, a uh, um, a Dominican called Gilbert de Frenet, to preach in church on that same day instead of him. So Stephen Langton says, okay. If you're the, the Order of Preachers, you have a go. Show me what you can do. And the Archbishop was so impressed that uh, the Friars enjoyed his patronage for the rest of Langton's life. Go, They go on to be a major force politically. They're in the court. This is one of those key moments. And I can't help thinking that maybe when he heard Gilbert de Frenet talk, Stephen Langton realised that there was something that he had in common with this man. And here we have Stephen Langton at his most uh, introspective at one level, at his most theological at another, where he's talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in the church. I think it was worth joining the Dominicans and Stephen Langton together at that point. But of course, we're going to hear more from uh, Archbishop of Canterbury over this weekend. I think it's time to move on to the coronation, which is looming over the programme, and we haven't mentioned it that much.
2: It is. (laughs) Have we mentioned it at all? I wonder. I don't think we have. So... Uh, Yes, coronation. Um, We're about to have a king crowned. And um, I think it's worth mentioning how historic this moment is, not just because of the fact that we haven't had a coronation in such a long time, um, but also because this will be the first time that Catholic clergy are actually going to be involved um, since the Reformation. So for Queen Elizabeth II's coronation, uh, there were representatives of the Pope who joined the procession, but did not enter the Abbey Church. Um, so this time there are a number of uh, people involved, including um, uh, Cardinal Vincent Nichols. Um, and um, obviously we would love to be able to play some of the music from it, but uh, <laughs> as one would imagine, everything has been kept very closely under wraps and um, will only be revealed on the day, uh, so we might be able to look retrospectively at at some of them in the next episode of the liturgical looking glass and it's it's not um inappropriate to do this because it is a liturgical uh, celebration it's it's this is not just a uh it, it in fact um maybe you know a little bit about that nick this i'm not a, a subject of of the king <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: Uh, Well, I mean, it's it's an interesting liturgical point that people are talking about this ceremony going back over a thousand years. And it certainly has its roots in uh, the uh, proclamation of the English kings uh, 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 before the Norman Conquest. Francis Young on Twitter, if you want to follow uh, anyone on this, Francis Young is very good on this and actually has a link at one point to the briefing paper on how you organise a coronation, which Mm. I spent a happy hour reading yesterday. Um, But yes, we haven't got much of the music. Some of it we have. Mm -hmm. Um, We also know who's performing. And um, we've got a bit of Pretty Yende, who is a um, a coloratura soprano who is going to be... um, uh, contributing to the ceremony, to the to music uh, tomorrow uh, this That's is right a very from. secular piece of music but it is, it, it's the, the great aria um, that the, uh, the, the main heroine has to sing, Sempre Libera uh, from La Traviata let's just hear a little bit of pretty uh, giving it her all
2: We can we could carry on listening to that, but just to clarify, pretty will not be singing that tomorrow. that's just to give a a little sample of of her voice and um no
3: she's going to be singing something very close to the king's heart around a, uh, an ecological perspective on his reign, and I think that's uh, an interesting thing for us to be listening out to
2: mm-hmm. so a little <laughs> we have got a, a word or two of about her um she's a South african opera singer um and uh, is just the fruits of a very interesting project that um where there was a, a lecturer at the University of Cape Town who realized that there was a choral tradition present in the um in the Khoisan um tribes and other tribes uh, in South Africa that he uh, he realized that he could um bring out singers from that tradition and introduce them to the opera tradition and pretty is one of the first people who 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 benefited from from that and um, i I was at the University of Cape Town I think soon after she graduated or at a similar time, but I remember hearing some of her early performances and they were they were really quite astounding so it's I'm very proud that she will be in the um, coronation ceremony tomorrow
3: well talking about astounding, I'm astounded that you can actually click at the beginning of of COSA because I just can't
2: <laughs> Had a little bit of time to practice.
3: I bet. I guess you have. Um, there is, however, the, the, the chance of hearing a little bit of what, what will be played at the coronation,
2: or at least in the music
3: before the coronation ceremony starts, um, in that we've got Carl Jenkins' Crossing the stron- Stone, Cross a Carreg, which was commissioned by the king when he was Prince Wales uh, over two decades ago. And we've got Catherine Finch playing the harp in it. She was official harpist to the Prince of Wales from 2000 to 2004. He re established that as a post, and it's nice to be able to hear something. Um, for example, it's nice for us to be able to play something that is purely uh, instrumental, but also here she is playing at least a little bit of Tros a Kareg, which is a beautiful piece by Carl Jenkins with uh, the London Symphony Orchestra. <laughs>
2: lovely to hear a harp that's not just swooping up and down the range of the harp you know there's some very interesting melodies going on there it's a very
3: clever use of that melody which played played between the harpist and the and the orchestra i think it's a very beautiful piece of music and it's obviously something that is there to to calm down i think I amid mean, all the, the the very shouty bright colours and things of the coronation we have a moment there just to reflect and to be calm and for me, it does sound like being out in the countryside. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very green piece of music for me, I think. So, on to our last piece of music then, Tim. Mm. Um, we've always decided, we decided earlier that we were always going to finish our Easter time broadcasts with a Regina Celi. This one is very, very grand indeed. It's Mozart, one of his settings of the Regina Celi, And there is a... I think a deliberate echo of Handel in Mozart's Alleluia's Around Five Minutes In. So here is the Regina Chévy by, by Mozart, uh, KV 276, if you really want to know this, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And listen about five minutes in to the deliberate Alleluia's that are there to, to, to point our way back to Handel. <laughs>
2: You can always see him smiling as it comes around, you know, like the first time it would have been performed.
3: I'm I'm no expert on Mozart, but I have a feeling that he did an arrangement of the Messiah. Um okay. I might look that up because it's quite obviously a quotation. He bungs it in as a kind of musical joke. I don't think he can forbear to do the musical jokes from time to kind of time, just does uh, Wolfgang up there. <laughs> So that was the Banatul Philharmonic Phil- Choir and Orchestra, giving a really good, energetic rendition of what is, after all, very often a simple, quiet piece at the end of Compline. Here it's given full concert, uh, concert strength. And as I said, with the, those um, little quotations might be a way of putting it. But of course, these days we talk about sampling. And here we've got mm. Mozart's sampling handle quite explicitly, I think. As a lovely way for us
2: to end off i think yeah well the jazz tradition still uses the words uh quote quotation quoting um ah right is, you'd always uh, kind of in solos and things like that you would um do quotations from solos that other people would know from the masters um so it's a tradition still kept alive
3: uh, that was great <laughs>
2: Yeah, so we, we will try and uh, end of our programs with Regina Cellis, as we mentioned. and um,
3: Not many more to go, it must be said. That's but true. There's a very nice Scarlatti Salve Regina, which is on the horizon for me.
2: Oh, good. Uh, Looking forward to that. Um, yes, and so that brings us to the end of today's episode of uh, the Liturgical Looking Glass. And we thank you for listening. And um, this will also be available as a podcast. And there are rebroadcast times as well, which you can find on the Radio Maria website. Um and if you have any suggestions um or feedback that you want to send to us, you can do that using the Radio Maria email address, which is info at maria England dot uk. And um if you just title that the liturgical looking glass, Nick and I will pick it up. Um That's but, right. yeah, thank you very much, Nick, for um Well, thank you,
3: Tim. I think we've had a great, a a great look at some, a very wide range of of instrumental and choral pieces of music this week. I think it's gone, uh, we've chosen very widely this time. And next week, of course, we've got not only the Sunday to do, but we will also have Ascension Tide to look at.
2: Mm, Yes, looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. So until next time, um, thank you and goodbye.
3: Goodbye. God bless.
2: Angelus
0: Domini, nunciabit Maria.
1: E con Spirito Santo.
4: Ave
0: Maria, grazia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulia. Benedictos frutos ventris
1: tú y Jesús.